we've been chatting about uh, the notion of a united Ireland since uh, nine o'clock this morning, and um, <laughs> people are adding to the complications all of the time. But somebody making a very good point about policing. Then, what would be the situation there? Would the PSNI be incorporated into the Guardi in some way? And also wondering about the military and how that would work for Northern Ireland. These are all the things you see. These are when you begin to think about this, uh, the complications. Um, would be would be huge, but an awful lot of people believing that it would be worth it to, to this morning, according to our listeners on 083 Time now for our GP slot. Delighted to be joined by Dr. Pat Harold. Uh, good morning to you, Pat. Good morning, Pat. Oh, we've lost Pat. We've lost Pat, so there you go. We might attempt to uh, get him back there uh, in some way. Don't you just love phone systems in this country? Don't you just love them? Change nothing if they don't like the colour of the flag or the national anthem. They're not true Irish people, says one of our listeners, who's a, a little hard line where this is concerned. Um, to correct what I said about the flag, Fran, it's what our flag represents. My uncle was captured by the Black and Tans and he was prepared to die for the cause. And somebody else saying the flag and the national anthem should not change. Every child should be taught the national anthem uh, before leaving school. All right. Uh, I think Dr. Pat Harrell is with me now. Good morning to you, Pat. Sorry, Fran. I hit it off by accident. No um, problem, I, it Pat. Must have been, it must have been the prospect of United Ireland. Um, <laughs> did, did, you know, <laughs> did you notice, though, a lot of the people um, in the north were worried about the health service in the south? Absolutely. I mean, um, that, that was the big one, wasn't it? And I'm worried. I'm, I'm surprised because, as you know, I have a lot of um, connections in the north. I worked up there for years. And um, you just can't get a GP in the north. I mean, literally, you cannot. There's whole areas the size of North Tipperary with no GP at all. Are you serious? And wow. I'm absolutely serious. It's gone to blazes. Like the Tories ran down the NHS, something shocking in the last 10 years. But there's a serious general practice crisis in um it's interesting, Pat, um, because what, 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 according to the results of the poll in front of me, anyway, um, it's it's that the comparison with the HSE has the NHS like way surpassing it uh, for, for being a decent service, and that's that's. Oh, when I rocked up there in thirty years ago, it was way better than South. There was right. no doubt about, it. and the standard of living was better as well. There was no doubt about that either. Mm. You know, but it's completely gone the other way around. Is and, it? Um, oh. Yeah, the benefits are a hell of a lot less. Very hard to get by now if you don't have a job in the north. And mm. um, I, I mean, I know you didn't bring me on to talk about this, but you know, um, you know, there there are a few things though, like the price of cars and things. But apart from that, but if you get sick in the north, you're in dire trouble. You know, um, they really need their private medicine. And um, but if all the business we have now, where you ring up your GP, you'll probably be seen that day and everything that's gone out the window. In most of the UK, was the north is the worst bit of it, and it's all and it's nearly all telemedicine as well. Isn't that interesting? Because we have this perception in this part of the island that you know things are much better from a health point of view up there, but obviously that's not the case. Yeah, sad to say, they're not better from many points of view. It's it's amazing how it becomes so run down and. Yeah. I know social welfare is a lot less and pensions are less. And, uh, oh, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's not working well at all. You're going to talk so, to us about... Stre- mm. Last time we spoke, we spoke about RSV. Um, uh, today it's Strep A, Pat. What, what exactly is Strep A? Because we, yeah, we're hearing yeah. horror stories about this, that there's children dead in the UK because of this. And... Yeah, I don't think there's... As far as I know, now, Fran, you usually are, are ahead of the news on me. There isn't... Um, there isn't really a heck of a lot of us about, you know, at the moment. Mm. 
I don't think. Strep A is caused by a thing called strep pyogenes. And um, it sounds sometimes I feel like I'm doing a gardening show, you know, with all these Latin names. <laughs> the streptococcus, it, it lives in your throat. And right. an awful lot of people have um, have uh, that in their, in their system anyway, you know. I mean, you can if you swab people's throats, you'll always find somebody with a bit of streptococcus, hmm. A or B. And um, it can cause an awful lot of um, illnesses, though, if it does get loose. I suppose it can live happily in your throat, but if you, if you feel run down or sick. The big one is scarlet fever. Now, scarlet fever is rare enough. I, I've mm. very rarely seen it in my career, you know. Um, but it, it starts generally with a sore throat, a headache and a temperature. Now, any of the everything children does, you know. In children, we don't test that much because they don't take a lot of testing. Yes. A lot of it goes in the clinical picture, what you're looking at and what's in front of you. And a lot of that takes experience. You know, mm. um, then they get this temperature and sore throat headache. Now, you know, you, you, a lot of kids, they're infect- infections are rampant at the moment because they're all reinfecting because they've had no infections for two years. Mm. You know, so they're all getting, picking things up again. And then about a day later, they get the spots and the spots are red and they're they're really tiny and sort of a, a skin. And your skin feels like sandpaper. It actually feels rough wow. and it spreads everywhere mainly in the groin, under the arms, and they've got a very distinctive look and white rim around the mouth and the nose, and it's a rash-free area. So it's best judged, we used to always say from across the room, you know, from the door, you can see that the child is quite red, mm. but um, the area around the mouth in a ring is spared, and then the tongue will get red spots, and it looks a bit like a strawberry, a ripe strawberry. And... Um, you're infectious for five days. Now, the good thing about this is we're so used to talking about viruses. This is actually a good old-fashioned bacteria. Mm. And penicillin clears it very fast. Right. So um, it is one of these ones we can do a lot about. I've been so many times in the last few weeks, I've been saying the usual business of keeping hydrated, keeping the temperature. You know, I mean, it is important stuff and everybody's looking for a tablet. But in this case, if it is scarlet fever or it is a streptococcal infection, a um, penicillin will clear it, or if you're allergic. And just for clarity, Pat, is strep A is related to scarlet fever then, or the other way around? Strep A gives you scarlet fever. Strep A can give you an awful lot of diseases, and scarlet fever is one of them. So it's like it's like Iaris is a Toyota, you know. Scarlet yes. fever is part of strep A. There, there's a load of things you know you can get from strep A, um, which I don't want to worry you too much with. Hmm. But um, you know, it can cause it cause a lot of conditions and a lot of toxicology. You know, yeah, um, I, I was reading about the kids yeah. who lost their who who died in the UK, and seemingly it got into their lungs in some way, and it triggers pneumonia of some kind. Then is that? Yeah, you get streptococcal toxic shock, and oh. the whole body kind of sets down. You know, but um, and it, it's notifiable disease. But um, it generally after a day, the, the rash comes out, and um, you know, it's it's not that dangerous unless it absolutely gets away again. And you know, fan, I don't want to comment. I'm not commenting in any individual cases. I have yes. been reading about this or anything, but you'd wonder maybe that is something about what we were talking about earlier. That there's such a delay in getting to GPs. Yes. In yeah. um, in in the UK, maybe that's the reason that creators got so bad. That's that's interesting because again, some of the individual stories were were saying that on the radio I heard during the week, where you know that over the phone this sounded like a normal kind of a sore throat that a kid might have, but it was actually more serious. Yeah, I'm I'm the the old um, virtual consultations, they're good for some things, but you lose an awful lot in translation. Yes. Very hard to get. I suppose they're better than them, you know. But for something like a child. Um, 
Yeah, it's it's very difficult to really wait to see them. We, we're seeing a lot of kids. We tend to start to see them in the evening. Yes. You know, because you don't want to be bringing them in and spreading bugs. You see, you could have some susceptible old person in at 12 and you don't want, you know, the old days of the, the waiting room for the sick kids. Yeah, but course, there's yeah. there's a lot of the RSV around, you know, not out of cold. And of course, it looks exactly the same as COVID. So um, basically, just keep doing the antigen test. Because, I mean, if we know it's COVID, we kind of know the way it's going to go and what's going to happen. And if it's not COVID, you can think again. So the old antigen test is still very important. Right. But you're not seeing enough of this to be overly concerned, Pat. Is that what I'm saying? I haven't, I haven't seen scarlet fever in ages. I yes. Say I saw maybe more than last year. You know, right. So yeah. it's it's pretty rare. But you know, we might you know what the, what do they say when England sneezes Ireland gets a cold or something yeah, like that? Yeah, of course. So um it might spread over. I remember hearing my, my my father was profoundly deaf for most of his life, but he always blamed it on scarlet fever as a child, that it it had that effect on him. I'm not sure if, if that it makes could sense. Have been, and rheumatic fever would be along the same um ah, right. the same thing. Now when I started working, um you, there was all these crazy heart murmurs and things from people who had their valves damaged when they were young by rheumatic fever and um, they've all I, I haven't heard of that in years either I don't know Yeah, I've, yeah. I've never seen rheumatic fever I don't even know what it looks like and, and they're not too sure why it stopped but it has Right, it was something to do with antibiotics, I suppose, possibly, or, or, or whatever. Um, yeah. you, you spoke there about the fact that, you know, particularly where children are concerned, cooped up for the two years, Pat. And did that mean that their their immune system wasn't challenged in any way and now we're paying the price for that, or is that...? I think that's it, you see. A kid is like, um, you know the way you get a loyalty card in a, uh, in a coffee shop or something? Mm. And they get these infections and the body remembers them. And they, that's what happens. They get their cards stamped. And then, so generally, kids are part of six months when you're under the mother's protection, um, up to then, especially if you're breastfed. Six mm. months to two years is kind of optimum time for infections. And then they, but now the kids are getting a two and a half the infections they previously would have got at six months, you know, right. because, and, um, you know, they're playing catchy up, and I'm sure it'll all level out. But at the moment, they can be getting sort of two or three things that. You know, at the same time, which is, um, it's a bit frustrating, you know, for parents because they're, I'm sure they're wonderful. You know, they're off this week, they're off the following week, they're off the third week, you know, and all the different sorts of colds and things. But I'm sure it's a lot of doubt of Of course. What symptoms should parents be looking out for and uh, that would warrant them going straight to, to either A&E or to the doc? What, what should they look out for, Pat? Well, um... In, in, in any sort of a child, if they've got a temperature, um, are they feeding? You know, that's one of the things. Um, if, if they're comfortable, they can, they're feeding and the nappies are wet. And um, now if you get, if the temperature goes very high, it, um, if they're, they're fewer net wappies, if they start vomiting, if they're irritable, if they're crying uncontrollably, um, all that kind of stuff. Mm. If, you know, it's sometimes good to get another pair of eyes look at them if you're sitting looking at the kids, you know, sometimes mm. um, granny or sister-in-law or somebody comes in and says, Jesus, I'd like to look at them. Um, anytime you come to kids, if they're having trouble breathing, if their ribs are kind of sucking in and going out and if their noses are flaring out or if they think there's blue around the lips or the tongue, um, if they, they, they're they drowsy, if they can't stay away, you know, if they're really um, droopy that way. Mm. Mm. And um, if breathing's very fast, you know, if it's more than 60 breaths a minute. Um, you, can, you can always ring, though. We're always on the end of the phone. Right. You know, there's a very good HSE website called Under the Weather. Okay. And, you know, that's that's a really, that's full of information. 
under the weather. Under the weather. Dot I. You can always take that one. That's okay. very good too. Very good indeed. Um, can I ask you before I let you go, Pat? Are you seeing much of COVID, or what's the current situation there? Oh, I think about three phone calls this morning of people with COVID. Go on. So, um, and and it's only <laughs> only half ten, you know. So, um, you know, and know that people haven't bothered ringing me, but so it's still there. It's still there. No, thanks be to God, you know, people with open they have COVID. You know, you're it, it's generally mind yourself. There's a drug out called Paxlovid, and it's one you can it's a tablet you can take um, if you're getting sick with COVID. You have five days to take it, and it's um, it's not to be given to everybody. Right. But your GP will decide. You know, people who generally people who are immunosuppressed might it's an antiviral and they might benefit from this. And there's another one if you go into hospital. Now this is if you're sick, sick. Mm. COVID, and you go into hospital, it's an infusion, it's an IV drip, and that will sort of nail it, we hope. Right. So, so that's another another two more positive Right. Now, I know that but, people will be calling us on that, so would you repeat that, that drug again? Yeah, Pat? it's Paxlovid, and it's it's only like, I was talking to a chemist yesterday, I mean, they've only given it out to one or two people, but most people don't need it, mm. because an awful lot of people, especially the elderly, are on a load of tablets anyway, right. and it interacts with a lot of these tablets. But if you're, if you're not doing well with the COVID that most people tell me they have a heavy cold and they watch Netflix and somebody feed brings them the food and all that mm. um, and they're grabbed and right. that's the vast majority but it's just something they consider it's a new thing in the block very good and I and, see and, and just keep an eye out for people you know when they, with the cold snap coming as well man. Yeah. you know this is another people in A&E's now will be waiting for people to fall over in the ice and break their wrist course, their yeah. and all this kind of stuff and um, of course, our cars aren't. I heard a guy on the radio this morning saying our cars aren't made for heavy snow or things like we're not living in Finland or Germany or somewhere. I know we're, so we're, we're never prepared we, for it, are we? We're never prepared. I, so we have to take it really handy <laughs> and, and, you know, and get through to Christmas without uh, any mishap. Absolutely. I presume that drug is prescription only, Pat, is it? Oh, it's prescription yeah, only, yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. And it's not for everybody. Okay. No, I've, I've had a couple of arguments with people who are perfectly well and they're looking for this thing and, um, you know, there are other tablets. So they just don't need it. But but it's it's, it's somebody who's elderly, frail, um, in danger and immunosuppressed is just something to think about. That might be just another um, another weapon in the armoury. Absolutely. Pat, it's always great to talk to you. Well, thanks Take for your time this morning. Bye thanks, Pat. Bye-bye. 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 You know. Bye-bye. That's our GP, uh, Pat Harold, uh, based in Nina, of course. 1800 uh, Listener on to say, I'm profoundly deaf in my right ear since I was four from German measles. Isn't that amazing, isn't it? Um, yeah, I was saying my, my dad from Scarlet Fever, um, like, considerably, uh, really profoundly deaf in, in both uh, ears all of his life uh, from that. Uh, 83 I'll be right back. If it matters to you, it matters to us. Call TIP today on 1-800-938-007. TIP FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie